And we're live. Welcome to Daily Conference for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, and I'm your host for the show. At Daily Confidence, our purpose and our goal is to share tips and actionable advice that you can use on a daily basis when it comes to running your business. I have an amazing guest and an amazing friend here today. Welcome, Heather. Thank you, Mustafa. So great to see you. I will tell you guys all about Heather in a second. So we are going to talk about uh, how to conf confidently protect your business online while we're doing this conversation. Uh, we do a draw uh, with the show, and Heather is going to be giving away, away her gift later. And we do give a, a gift giveaway of every week for you to enter the draw. If you like, subscribe, and comment on the show while we're live or after. If you tag a friend who could benefit from the show, and uh, if you rate our podcast on Apple or Spotify, you your name enters to the draw for the gift that we're going to be giving away. So we have an amazing guest, an amazing topic to talk about. My friend Heather Pierce Campbell, I've known her for like three or four years now. Mm -hmm. She is amazing and uh, she is really good at what she does. And so let me do the uh, the proper intro uh, to Heather, and then we're going to dive deep on how you can protect yourself online. So Heather Pierce Campbell is a warrior mama, nature lover, and dedicated attorney and legal coach for world-changing entrepreneurs. Based in Seattle, she is a mom to two little wild munchkins and founder of Pierce Law PLLC home to her legal practice and the legal website warrior and on, an online business that provides legal education and support to information entrepreneurs, such as coaches, consultants, online educators, speakers, and authors around the U S and the world. She hoards information, paper and books while secretly dreaming of becoming a minimalist and relishes an occasional rare night with her hobby. When the kiddos are miraculously sleep, sleeping and she can soak up HG, HGTV without guilt. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. You're making <laughs> me want to go jump on, you know, the couch and watch HGTV. Just happens. <laughs> but how do you watch it without guilt, though? <laughs> Not very well. Like maybe like once a year. Like seriously, it's it's really my guilty pleasure. But the funny thing is when we travel, like we're not that we've done that in a while. Um, if we can ever get the kids like, actually asleep in bed before us, which is also very rare, we seriously will be like scrolling to find HGTV. It's really funny. It's it's for whatever reason. I think we're both project people. And once you have kids, I don't know about for other people, but for us, like projects go out the window. They're not do they're not quite as doable once you've got littles in the house running around. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, pretty hard to, to watch TV or do actually anything. Like I'm, right. I'm, I'm working at work. Uh, I'm working here, and my son shows up here, and he's like, "I'm like in middle of an interview, or I'm doing something very important." He shows up, he's like, "Dad, I want a scooter." <laughs> son. And then so I put a lock on the door, but somehow he had figured out how to unlock the door and just walk in on me. Just come in. I know. Oh, wait. He gets smarter every day. This is right. There's no keeping kids out when they know what mommy and daddy are up to and they want in. It's terrible. My office is the same way. My son is and my daughter at this point figured out how to get just like silverware, like a knife and just twist the door. Right. Put it my in and unlock it. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, the, the time of working during COVID. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's get us started. Heather, what is your story? What is my story? Well, I, how far back do we want to go? <laughs> we got we got some time, so no worries. I'll tell you that you think would be relevant. Yeah, I'll tell you the quick version. The quick version is that um, I was one of six kids and came from a family with a dad as an entrepreneur and got the lecture when I was five about needing to get good grades, you know, saving your money, put yourself through college, right? And I was a pretty serious kid. So I took that lecture to heart and, you know, was figuring out at a pretty young age how to save money and how to get odds and ends, little jobs and projects. And so by the time I was like seven or eight, I was literally walking the neighborhood, knocking on doors, um, asking people, could I rake their lawns? Could I, you know, do odd projects and jobs to earn some money? And mm -hmm. by, the, by the time I was maybe nine or 10, I had a paper route, you know, I was doing a lot of um, additional projects for money making. By the time I was shortly after that, 11, I think maybe I was even nine. I, I was buying and selling cars by around the same age, shortly after getting the paper out. And, um, and what it meant is that by the time I went off to school, I had a bunch of money in savings. I, I was on scholarship for my undergrad, um, ended up going to law school and my mom passed away my first year of law school. And so, you know, I was still pretty young at the time, 22, 23. And that really changed my trajectory as far as thinking about what I would do after school. Um, just meaning that, you know, you get on this path and you, I think a lot of people think like, oh, I should take work just to get the experience. I should do something because this is what people do to get the experience, right? But what I realized through that experience of using, losing my mom young was that we really have no guarantees. And the work that we're here to do, we need to do right now. We don't, we shouldn't put off and we shouldn't tell ourselves stories about what we should do or what we need to do to gain experience. And so for me, I became unwilling to do anything work related that I couldn't put my heart into. And so what that meant is that I graduated law school and I hung out a shingle. I wanted to be in charge of working on projects that I cared about and clients that I took on and not be told what to do, you know, from some small cubicle in a law firm. <laughs> So, you know, that set me on a path. And the other part of it is I have a big heart for entrepreneurs. And so when I look back at where I am now, you know, serving entrepreneurs, um, serving people at the intersection of law and business, when I look back, totally makes sense. I have a huge heart for people that are creating their own path, doing what they're here to do. And I've got some tools that can help them do that easier, take care of their business, create more successful businesses. So that's a bit about where I've been and, and why I'm doing what I do. Okay. So being on the topic of confidence, I mm -hmm. guess through your mom, tell, t tell us about how that affected your confidence while you're like in the first year of school, mm -hmm. law school is not easy mm -hmm. if you're open to that. Totally. It, um, how did you manage that? Yeah, it, I mean, as anybody who goes through something that is life changing, right, literally changes your perspective. I mean, and especially we grew up in a family that we were all pretty close knit, six kids all within a 10 year period. So I was close to my siblings. We were very close to my mom. She was the glue of our family. 
it was devastating and it drastically changed my perspective around what's important. Mm -hmm. So that law school period became a time where life took front and center stage and law school was like this thing I did on the side, right? So when it came to priorities, law school didn't stress me out. Life was stressing me out, right? And I literally remember thinking like, I have no more capacity for things that people might ordinarily think is stressful because like this, losing your mom and like something as heavy as death is stressful. Like that's okay that I'm allowed to feel, you know, stressed over that. But law school exams, other things like they came and went and I, I'd show up for them. I'd do my best. And I, you know, I did well during law school, but um, I literally did my whole first year of law school and half the time that other people did. Like I, I studied and did all my classwork between Monday and Wednesday. I drove home every Wednesday to Eastern Washington and spent Thursday, Friday, Saturday at home in Walla Walla, part of Sunday. And then I would drive back to Seattle every week, the entire year, did not miss a weekend because I, I, my parents wouldn't let me like change my life around to spend that last 10 months with mom. And so I was like, okay, I'll do school and spend time with family every week. Like I'll just make it work. And I did. Um, but it, it really changed my, again, my appreciation for this concept that like, oh, we've got time. Like if I don't do it now, then I'll do it later. Or, you know, if, if I really want to be doing a certain career or body of work, I've got time to grow into that. Like my challenge to people listening is like, no, no, you don't. And if you know what you want to be doing and you know what you're here to do, do that right now. Make some hard choices if it's hard to get there, but do what you're here to do because we don't have guarantees. And I just feel like our work and our individual path is that important that we just, we have to pursue it. Absolutely. Uh, so how, how did you manage your confidence moving forward as an entrepreneur? Mm. Uh, uh, do you have any stories around uh, your confidence and, and and what you need to manage it or what you're doing now or in the past few years on when oh, you're not yeah. the rest of it? Yeah, no, I think so much of it is looking at your own perspective. So confidence is really about perspective, right? And mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that any of us, if we, if we know and get really connected to what provides meaning in our life and where we find our, like where we are most purposeful, right? And that might take some inner reflection, but when you are pursuing a life in alignment with that meaning and that purpose, you can't not have confidence. Like it, it's the thing that will get you to the top of the mountain because you have to be so confident in what you're here to do and the meaning that that path will provide to you and others to be able to stay on that path, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So to me, yeah. it's about a much deeper conversation of really finding meaning and purpose in what you're doing and making choices that are in alignment with that. Um, because then I can be confident that like all the time that I put into doing what I do, like will somehow be worth it. Even if it does feel like hard work, even if it does feel like some days are out of balance, I can yeah. still have confidence in the path. I think you've been experiencing that in, a, in the past few weeks with the new program that you're running. Mm-hmm. I see that I, I see that you're pretty mm -hmm. confident about what you're doing. Yeah, you're absolutely. Doing. That and that I just did on a leap, right? That was an idea that wouldn't go away. 
<laughs> and I just thought, well, I got to do it. It's it's like not letting me sleep at night. I'm just going to have to do it and try it. And it was, it was so rewarding. It was so rewarding. That is awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Do you have any routines or any, any processes that you do, um, to feel more confident or feel better about yourself and what you're doing when you're not feeling so good? Totally. And I think one of the first things is, is calling on support. It's really easy. I find it, and I'm a person that, that holds myself to pretty high expectations, right? And I think a lot of us do, a lot of entrepreneurs do. And I think it's really easy to get into um, a place where we're just not feeling so hot about how everything's going or, you know, like right now I can speak to the various ways I feel pulled in like 90 different directions, <laughs> you know, life and kids and school starting and having to compete with all of the online stuff. And, you know, there's just a lot, but I think having a support network in place for me, it's just, it's so tremendously helpful to be able to call on a friend like you, Mustafa, or, or my sister or somebody who knows me that could be like, Heather, settle down. <laughs> You're doing fine. You know what I mean? It's really, I think sometimes we need to have other people reflect to us things that we don't see about ourselves. Absolutely. I, I, I love that. And it's like one of the easiest ways to, to get co confident about what we're doing. Cause as entrepreneurs and as people, we tend to pass a lot of judgments on ourselves and what mm. we're doing, whether I'm doing good or not. But then once you, you know, call for support, either they will confirm how good or bad you're doing and, or they will just support mm. us. And they're like, you mm -hmm. know what? It's so easy. Just press this button and it's done. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you're like, you know, you're like, Oh my God, I've been thinking about this for the past three weeks. It was that easy. They're like, yeah, it's that easy. <laughs> right. No, it's, or, it, I, yeah, go ahead. Or they will just say, you know what, Heather, you're just doing fine. Just keep going. Yeah. It looks pretty good. Totally. And, uh, so I, I love that idea of getting getting support. And I think people with with people with more support would generally be more confident. Hmm. Well, it's I think knowing, and also it's about knowing our personalities, right? Um, it is. Like we have to call on things. Like one thing that I find tremendously valuable about having a network, having people, whether it's friends, whether it's sisters, whether it's other colleagues in the entrepreneurial world that I can just call on that, because um, it's also one of the fastest ways to get out of a slump, right? Yep. My whole thing, Daddy, will you just come in and grab her? We're live. <laughs> My little peanut is came to visit. Oh, I know the ba the balancing <laughs> act. Like we're keeping it real over here for everybody. Um, poor little peanut. She just wants to come down and be with mommy. Um, but I think having people that we can call on, it's it really is one of the fastest ways to do a big U-turn. Whether we just need a boost in our attitude, we need somebody to say, "You've got this. Keep going." You know, and connection. Like, and you and I have talked about this. Being an entrepreneur can be hard work and long nights and a lot of, you know, going at it alone. And that's rough. It's, it's hard to be in that place and having a network, having, like, I just think, you know, confidence aside, it benefits, it benefits us in so many other ways as well. It's, but it really is one of my go-tos just reaching out and connecting with people. Are you open to share an example of that, of a situation where you're like, 
especially a situation where you were like postponing getting help. And as soon as you got it, you're like, I wish I did this three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, totally. Like, like every other day with our mutual friend, Brad, right. Who is an infusion soft and technology guru. I'll like work on something because I can, right. I have a lot of activation energy and then he'll learn about it several weeks down the road. And he'll be like, why didn't you just call me? Why, like, why did you do the, all of that work and then do it wrong? And why didn't you just call me and let me show you this one minute trick that would have gotten this done, right? So like so many times, it still is a lesson that I have yet to fully learn. And the reality is that even if it's, because um, there's people in our network that we know, that know us well, that we can call on, but I find even the experience of connecting with new people in our network, like I had a phone call just before I got on today with you, with a woman who connected with me through LinkedIn. I think we've got some mutual friends. And she said, Heather, I she puts on summits where she brings people together that serve because her clientele are attorneys. So, mm -hmm. right. I'm in the world of her clientele. And she said, I got onto your websites and saw what you're doing. And I like, and she just gave me all this feedback because she lives in the world of serving attorneys. And she just talked to me about like how creative it is and how unique I am. And like it, you know, it, it felt good to hear that reflected to me from somebody who knows the legal, the legal marketplace. Right. And it can be something as simple as that. That's a little message of like, keep going, stay on your path. You're doing something right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for those of you who are, who have joined us later, um, Heather Pierce Campbell is, a, is an attorney. Uh, she's pretty good at what she does. She specializes in the online world. And mm -hmm. today we're at Soulfire. We're talking about her story and about confidence. Later, we're going to dive deep into how to protect yourself online protect mm -hmm. your business online and so we're going to be giving away gifts and for you to uh per enter the draw for the gift you need to be liking commenting tagging a friend asking questions and or like yeah, subscribing to the show and what would happen is uh you would get uh, the gifts that we're going to be sharing and it's going to be announced later so heather tell us about what you do as a um as a business owner yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been practicing law here in Seattle for 18, almost 19 years. And um, there's basically two ways now that I serve my clients, right? So about five years ago, I started, and this was after practicing law for 13, 14 years, where I just saw that there was a whole segment of what I call the small business marketplace. And these are information entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, online educators and experts, speakers and authors. Their business models all look very, very similar from a legal perspective. Um, they are not well served by our traditional legal marketplace. They tend not to go get their legal needs met until they have a major problem on their hands. And so um, I really wanted to turn that around and provide resources in that space that would help people much earlier on their path, understand what they need, understand their own business from a legal perspective so that they could become a more strategic version of themselves that proactively gets the legal support they need because they have some basic education. Mm -hmm. So I've basically got two businesses, both my Pierce Law, PLLC, and then the, the online business that you know, the, the legal website warrior, um, two alternate paths for serving the same clientele. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I've known on Heather for a few years now, and a couple of weeks ago, speaking of reaching out for help, 
Mm. I I had a little hiccup that I was kind of worried about, and I worried about it for like a few hours. I'm like, I'm done worrying about it. I need to call my friend. <laughs> then I'm like, Heather, I need to talk to you ASAP. So That's right. and then we got on the phone. She gave me a few pointers, and it was just so relieving to relieving to have a friend or a professional like that where you can reach out. And I, honest to God, I, I felt more confident like instantly after talking to her. She's like, you know, here's the path. Don't do this, do that, and blah, 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 blah. Done. One phone call, less than five minutes. Mm -hmm. So back to Heather's point, if you are struggling with something, if something is bothering you and, and bugging you and you don't know what to do about it, even if you know, kind of know what to do about it, reach out for help. People, nice people like Heather and professionals are out there to help, and they would they would help, even if it costs you. The so think about the cost of not reaching out for help, which is a lot more than um, the cost right. of reaching out for help, both emotionally, resources, mm -hmm. money, and the rest of it. Oh, you're so true. I mean, on that point alone, the number of times I've had clients reach out after two or three or six months of like fretting and worrying and struggling with a scenario like and anybody who's ever had a client scenario go sideways right where they have a problem client or somebody stops paying or something happens where there is some tension in that business relationship it's so stressful i mean people oh spend God. all kinds of mental energy and emotional energy trying to sort this out and that is energy that should be going back into your business or into other clients, right? And instead we end up wasting it on these scenarios because, because of what you said, we fear the cost of fixing the problem versus the cost of not fixing it, Absolutely. right? We think about it in the wrong way. Like, like let's say that it would cost me a thousand bucks to get some legal help and mm -hmm. some consultation on that versus six months of stress, losing my sleep, which will affect me running my business, which will affect me um, dealing with my employees and my customers, and it will make me look depressed and dumb and stupid for that matter, versus pick up the phone, say, hey, I have this problem. What do you think I should do? And then delegate the task and get some direction. Yeah, that's my rant on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do my marketing for me. I know it, it really is true, though. We, we tend to look at that in the wrong way. And if if we had more of the proactive where are we headed mindset versus what is this going to cost me now, we would all be a lot better off. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of that, Heather, what are some of the top mistakes that entrepreneurs make when it comes to uh, their online world and what you specialize in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so there's quite a few. We'll cover a few of them. But um, one is just not, I mean, the first one out of the gate is just not understanding the online legal landscape. So I tell people, like, the online world is the wild west of business. People can literally throw up a website overnight and, you know, quote, quote unquote, be in business but they have no idea what they're doing there from a legal perspective. They have no idea what the rules of the road are. Just like you are driving down the freeway at 75 miles an hour and it's a 55 limit speed zone, you're presumed to know the law. And in the online world of business, you are presumed to know the laws that apply to your business. And most people don't. So one is just 
ignorance, right? Which, what can you do about it, right? Because what comes next is that there are ways to get some basic education. But for most people, the biggest problem is not knowing the rules of the road. Um, but secondly, not maintaining tight control over what other people do for them in the online space. So the number of times I've seen people get in trouble because they didn't closely manage their website designer or their VA, or they had an affiliate running around in the world saying things on behalf of their business or grabbing images off the internet and sharing them related to some promotional thing and not having any idea that that one simple act could totally get somebody in trouble for copyright infringement, right? So tons of intellectual property issues, copyright infringement issues, because people are not tightly managing other people that are doing things on behalf of their business. So that's a big one. Okay. What else? What are like another? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things um, that people do regularly in the way that they end up on my doorstep is that they launch a new website or an online course or um, an online sales funnel, right? That leads to selling something, services, an information product, maybe it's a digital course. And then, and they didn't have terms of purchase in place. And so somebody purchases their content, turns around, duplicates it, rips it off, puts it inside of their own course, their own online funnel, whatever, just totally duplicate somebody else's work. And they don't have any terms in place that say, here's what you can do with my work. Here's what you can't do, right? So you need language that limits people in regards to that transaction and also that protects your merchant account. The other thing that happens is people end up defending against chargeback requests. One of the first things that happens is they'll reach out and say, how do I defend against this chargeback request? And I'll say, where are your terms of purchase? Oh, I didn't have any. Well, that's the first thing that a merchant account or a credit card processor asks for when a customer goes to the merchant account or goes to their credit card company and just requests a refund, right? So there's, it's called friendly fraud. People do this all day long where they buy something online, they buy a course, a product, a program, they actually take delivery of it. And then later, three months later, there's a six month window to make chargeback requests. They're on the phone with their credit card company claiming it was a, a false charge. They didn't do it. Can they get, just have the money back? And the credit company will just give their very often they will. And if there aren't terms of purchase in place, yes, they, they really can't do anything else. They have to believe the customer when they say, you know, it's fraudulent unless the, unless the, business, that they actually did purchase. unless the business, yes, has collected a certain amount of data that they can prove otherwise. And so I help people, you know, protect against some of that friendly fraud, make sure that they're collecting the right kinds of data, make sure that they're putting the proper terms in place at the point of checkout. So that's a big one. Like whatever you're selling online, make sure that you are protecting it. Um, one of the other mistakes that's highly correlated is collecting data online, like list building activities, doing a giveaway, you know, on your website where people can opt in and get a freebie and not posting privacy policies. There's Steve. Hello, hey, Steve. Steve. Great to see you. Thanks for the reminder. I definitely need to connect with you to get this paperwork set up. <laughs> Everybody does. Everybody is doing anything. Everybody needs to, connect, to uh, connect with Heather. For yeah. Sure. But building a database, which should be really front and center for everybody in the online world right now, the reality is you shouldn't be doing that without an adequate privacy policy in place. The risks are too high. Yeah. When, In light of current you know, privacy regulations, in light of 
the new awareness that people have around this. We just, we have more educated consumers these days. And so even that increases our risk as business owners because people know they have rights and we need to be respectful of those rights. And so making sure that people have privacy policies in place and then follow their privacy policy. A lot of people think like, oh, I plug in this document, I'm good. No, it's not true. You've got to follow it and you've got to have internal practices that are consistent with those policies. Absolutely. And I'm taking notes and I'm making a to-do list as we're talking here. I'm going to double check my privacy policy. Yep, absolutely. A, a, a refund policy, should that be on the website? It should be. And that's usually inside of your terms of purchase. So whatever uh -huh. terms apply to the sale in there, you're going to have the refund policy as well. You're going to have your limitations of liability. You're going to have your disclaimer. There's lots of other provisions that go into that document. But yes, your refund policy would definitely be covered in there. I know that on, on my other business, my refund policy saves, saves us a lot of headache mm. almost on a monthly basis. Because like right. you said, people come, uh, they buy something, they use the software, and once they're done, the problem solved, they come back and they're like, oh, can I get my money back? And so you got to have that, the proper terms in place to make sure that, you know, you're not getting, you're not taking, you know, people are not taking advantage of you. And totally, yourself. totally. Well, and on that note, I mean, what I remind people is even just two generations ago, right? We all literally did business face to face. There was no business that happened globally around the world with the click of a button. Mm -hmm. And and even though that's an amazing opportunity, it also brings risk in the door because we literally don't always know who we're doing business with. And we're certainly not sitting down face to face, you know, across the table from them in most instances. And when and so I call that like, you know, one or two steps removed from your consumer or your customer. And when that happens, there is just less trust. You have a person on the other side who, you know, if he got to know Mustafa directly, like probably would never consider ripping you off. But because there's this removal through the online experience, they don't always necessarily get to know the individual in a one-on-one -on -one basis on the other side, shake their hand and walk out the door of the shop. There is this, there is a certain percentage of people who will take advantage of that and who will request chargebacks, who will cause problems for your business. And unfortunately, we have to have policies and documentation in place for those people. It's just the truth. Absolutely. Hmm. Is there another top mistake that entrepreneurs make that they shouldn't? Totally. So a lot of people, and this starts even really early in business, choosing the name of your business or choosing the name of a signature course or program or product, right? Some people will do adequate research. A lot of people don't. And so things that you want to be thinking of when you're creating a business, creating any names, taglines, like anything that provides brand recognition with your business like, I personally wish people would spend a bit more time in that phase, exploring their options and being really thoughtful about where they want to be going, because it's at that phase that you can set yourself up for success and in creating a name or a tagline or a slogan that, first of all, can be protected by federal trademark. 
and that's unique, that's really unique to your business. So many people get into trouble creating names that look like stuff that already exists in the marketplace, right? And so uh, people end up stepping on toes of other entrepreneurs, especially if they've got registered marks or they've got established names or brand recognition in commerce, you can un unknowingly actually be infringing the intellectual property rights of other people and other entrepreneurs. And so a little bit more time on the front end, you know, exploring what intellectual property is, what your own plan is in your own business can save you a lot of heartache down the road. So could you tell us a little bit about what they should do? Totally. Um, spend lots uh, of time uh, on Google. Yep. Okay. So really get to know Google. And if you've got a phrase or a business name, and let's say it's four words, search combinations of those words. So search three words, search, you know, the various versions of three of those four or five words. Like you want to understand the full landscape of what's out there that could look like your version because and especially when it comes to trademark and you can also go like if you're in the united states um you can go to the uspto.gov which is the united states patent and trademark office and do a basic wordmark search through TESS, which is their search um search database and search combinations of words that you're thinking about using to see what shows up as a federally registered mark, right? Whether it's a word mark, there's there, you know, you want an attorney if you're if you're gonna do like a logo or something, there's more complex searches that you'd have to do. But um, you definitely want to know what's out there, particularly if you're in the online world, right? Because online, like you're going interstate, you're going internationally, you and if you're in Canada, likewise but you want to build a brand that's really recognizable in the state, you would be well advised to go through the same exercise because trademarks don't get international protection. If you're in Canada and you're doing business in the States and let's say 80% of your audience is based in the US, it may be worth your while, that's right, to go to the USPTO.gov and do some searching in the US trademark database so that you have the chance of filing your own federal trademark if you are developing a business where you want brand recognition in the US. Okay, and is that something you help you help uh, business owners with? Yeah, I can help people with their searches. They can do a certain amount of it on their own if they're kind of, you know, DIYers, they like to do it themselves and save a little money. But when you get to the point of really getting serious about a registration, I will always tell you connect with an attorney who can help you because they can help catch some of the errors that you might make on your own. And if you need some guidance around slightly modifying a phrase or modifying something to make it more likely that you would obtain the registration, it's mm -hmm. worth the money you pay in advance to get that versus doing it wrong. And let me tell you a story of what happens when you do it wrong because it can follow you around for the rest of your business and screw things up for you if you do it wrong. Um, I have a client who prior to becoming my client went through the trademark process himself and used one of the services like Trademark or something. And those are largely automated services run by clerks. They're not attorneys looking over individual applications and providing you guidance, right? He ended up with a mark that is that landed on the supplemental registry, not the principal registry. There's two registries here. And you want to be on the principal registry because it that's what gives you exclusive use over the phrase or name. And that's usually what people are going for. They want exclusive use. If you're on the supplemental registry, by very nature of being there, you're precluded from exclusive use. He ended up on the supplemental registry with his trademark. 
And unfortunately, he didn't know what that meant and he signed off on it. He then, his business became a multi-million dollar business. We put like 2.5 or $2.8 million of advance fee publishing agreements in place for him. And he has had trouble getting international trademarks because guess what? They all look back to the U.S. system where the original mark is filed to examine that mark before deciding whether or not to grant it. And he's got a worldwide brand. He's got like a cult following. I mean, he's really developed something phenomenal. And that one little hiccup, I hate to even guess how many tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars that will cost him over the, the course and lifetime of his business. Hmm. So, and is that not something you could go back and update and edit and modify? No, you can't really? fix it. That's right. And this is what people don't understand. It's done. Really? Yes. So, so there are some mistakes that cannot be undone. And that's why I also tell people it's never too early in your business building journey to look in the intellectual property bucket, right? I've got a five bucket system that I walk people through for analyzing how to protect their business. And intellectual property is one of the buckets. And for small businesses and solo entrepreneurs, they often think like, oh, IP strategies, that's something that you know the big companies use and they've got the budgets for. But I'm here to tell you that most of the clients that I serve, 80, maybe 90% of the valuation of their business is in their IP. These are information entrepreneurs. And you have to be looking in that bucket if you want your brand to have um, a strategic competitive advantage and if you want to really protect what it is that you're building. Very interesting. Stevie's saying, can you share more about how foreign entities could and should protect themselves in the U.S. compared to their national protection? Um, and I wish I knew more about her question. I'm not clear what she means compared to the national, the national protection. Um, I can talk about strategies for protecting your business in the U S and they're largely going to be relevant to people around the world. They're going to be, you know, inside of different legal systems, but um, the quick overview of the buckets are the first one is business entity, right? So you need to create a formal business entity in most places in the world, but especially in the U S to tell the court system, the IRS, and your clients, my business is over here, my personal assets are over here, right? You do not want to remain a sole proprietor. That's what you have when you are an unincorporated, unincorporated business uh -huh. um, because you do not separate out your business liability from your personal assets. So you don't want to stay there for long if you're really serious about your business and if you've got personal assets to protect. So business entity is the first bucket. There's a lot we could talk about there, but I'll stop. Business, I mean, bucket number two is business contracts. And this is where I do a lot of work with clients. This is how we protect their online businesses. This is how we protect their primary services. This is how we protect their income streams. This is how we protect their client relationships, their affiliate or JV relationships, right? Because you can put contracts in place to guide and protect those. But buckets, if you think of your business entity as a foundation, like literally think of a foundation for your business, Think of your business and the actual work that you do every day in your business, the various ways that you serve people and share information. Like literally think of that as machinery. And this big piece of machinery is sitting on this business foundation. That machinery, which has nuts and bolts and gears and all these moving parts, 
These are the ways that you serve clients. These are when you hire independent contractors, work with vendors in your business, work with, you know, JV partners and affiliates or, um, you know, the, the variety of ways that you provide your client services. This, these, all of these things are protected by contracts, right? So contracts really protects the machinery of your business. And there's a lot we could go into with contracts, but I just want you to conceptually have that. That's bucket number two. Bucket number three is business insurance. And probably whether you're in Canada or wherever, it's going to be the same. There's certain insurance policies that are available for small businesses. It's going to be unique to your business. And business insurance is a little bit like padding around the whole thing, like around the structure, around the machinery. Business insurance gives you additional peace of mind and it protects against very unique kinds of risks, right? So that's business insurance, bucket number three. Bucket four, we've talked about a little bit. That's intellectual property, intellectual uh -huh. property protection plan, understanding what it is that you do in your business that creates intellectual property, understanding what you already have created and understanding what you will create so that you have a pathway for prioritizing your le legal needs in regards to the IP that you are utilizing in your business. So very, very important bucket for most people that I serve. And then the fifth bucket is a dispute resolution plan, right? Understanding that we have massive opportunities in business for things to go wrong, right? So when I speak publicly, you know, and I ask people like, have you ever had a client relationship go sideways? Have you ever had a vendor relationship go sideways? Have you ever brought an employee into your business or an independent contractor into your business and had something go wrong? There's all these ways for things to go wrong. And it's not because we're bad people. It's just because we're human and we make mistakes and we sometimes end up in business with the wrong folks. And so, um, dispute resolution is really in my mind, you could replace that title with, um, so instead of having a dispute resolution strategy, a communication strategy, it's really about communication and the, the quick of it, and then I'll stop. But the quick overview is when you think about your business, you want to think about all of the touch points that you have from the very first time somebody has exposure to your business. So it's probably somewhere through your marketing language or how you show up online or whatever, you know, all the way through your enrollment process and your sales conversations to the point where you're putting your client agreements in place to the point where you're delivering services or have any customer support doing follow up, like all of these ways that you are having touch points with your clients. You want to be consistent. You want to use consistent language. You want to create a consistent client experience. Clients hate surprises, especially negative ones, right? They hate experiences where they're expecting one thing and they get another. And so you really want to analyze your business from the standpoint of, are you using each of those touch points as a way to create a client, a consistent client experience and educate your client and help set proper expectations so that things go exactly how they think they're going to go. And this is how we minimize disputes, improve. I mean, think of Starbucks. Right. We could we could talk a lot about the actual quality of Starbucks coffee. But the reason why they're a solid business is because they create a consistent client experience. People always know what they're going to get and they're masters at delivering what they say they're going to deliver. That's what makes a solid business. And so really to minimize disputes, you have to look at your business in the same way and say, am I optimizing on all these client contact opportunities to educate my client, help them become the kind of client that I want to serve. 
and make sure that they're really informed about what they're going to get so that nobody's disappointed, right? And then there's there's more to it than that. You know, what happens when a difficult conversation does come up, right? And on this point, I'll just say everybody should go get the book called Difficult Conversations written by the people that um, put on the program on negotiation at Harvard. So Sheila Heen, Bruce Patton, William Urry, Douglas Stone, those are the authors of that book. But they write the other books too, Getting Past Yes, I mean, Getting Past No, Getting to Yes, Difficult Conversations. They're brilliant. But all of us in business, and I will say in our personal lives, have the opportunity to utilize the tools that they teach in that book, Difficult Conversations. And what I remind people is it's literally money in your pocket as an entrepreneur or business owner to have the skills that it takes to minimize disputes and help resolve them quickly before they escalate. And that book, that book will serve you. Absolutely. Another book that I actually, I bought, I haven't started reading is uh, Never Split the Difference. By oh, and interesting. Very interesting. So, wow, you, what you just went through was just gold. I'm just going to review some of the notes that I, uh, that I yep. read. Review your JV terms. So yet, mm -hmm. uh, you know, actually have it in place and then review it. Have a dispute resolution plan or mm -hmm. a communication strategy. Think about all the touch points that you're having with your customers. And then think about, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, think about what could go wrong and have a plan in place if something goes wrong. And I guess we need to have that addressed in our terms and conditions and, and the rest of the contracts so that make sure that we're covered. Yep. Uh, set customer expectations properly so that they know exactly what they're going to get and what they're not going to get so that you don't get in trouble uh, later. And uh, a few books that you mentioned was difficult conversations, getting mm -hmm. to yes, getting past no. Yeah. Phenomenal resources. I've got literally copies of them all in my office. I probably have four copies of difficult conversations. I give that one out like candy. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm reading the never split the difference by Chris Voss. Which yeah, you'll have to tell me how that goes. I will. I actually, I recommended this book to my cousin last year. Mm -hmm. It's on negotiations. And yeah. then a couple of weeks ago, I got on a call with him. He's like, you have no idea how I, how you changed my life. I'm like, how did oh, I do it? Wow. He goes, that book. He's, he's a GP out in Australia, in Melbourne. So he went out to buy a, a, a clinic that was, uh, that had a price tag of 135K. Mm -hmm. Guess how much he bought it for? 75 he paid 25 grand for that <laughs> and he was he was laughing he was so happy and he's like i've done this over and over i'm like i gotta read that book <laughs> and i, I like, should take my own advice that's right yes. i read another book i think i, I read getting to yes by mm -hmm. by roger fisher yep um, he's one of yeah. those yep yep and, uh, but I haven't read this one, but I'm going to read it. And it's absolutely important. Like what you just talked about here is gold. Mm. Definitely gold. Well, those five buckets, it's, it's my own framework. I call it the five bucket framework for business protection and the visual of it. So you like, you literally see the buckets with the topics and then there's a circle of arrows behind the bucket, like that show up like in a ring, like three arrows. What that represents is you have to continually do what I call a rolling risk assessment of each of those buckets in your business. So when you add a new service, when you bring a new um, a new support person in the door, if you expand something that you're doing in your business, like anytime you make a change, you need to be asking yourself, 
is there a legal need associated with this new development in my business that I need to have covered, right? And that's how you make sure because our businesses evolve. This is not a static thing where you just set it and forget it. And that's one of the mistakes that people make is like, oh yeah, I put something in place years ago, but we all know that our clients evolve, our services evolve, our businesses evolve. You know, we need to make sure that we stay current. And just it just means anytime you make any kind of substantial change in your business, like you should probably take a look back into one of those buckets to see, do you have a need there? Absolutely. Now, Heather, I understand that you're uh, sharing a gift with people that are watching and listening. Yeah, uh, absolutely. About the gift and what it is. Totally. So I'm giving them free access to my Legal Basics Bootcamp. It's a little video series that I made. I really wanted it to be bite-sized and consumable so that for people that are like, you know what? I do need to start looking at some of these topics. I do need to figure out in my own business what my needs are. I've tried to do this in a, in a way that makes it feel very accessible and that will allow people like literally in a, a chunk of a few minutes at a time to start to create their own legal map. And it has access out. It's a video series inside of a little membership um, course that will give them access to additional resources, help them really create this map for themselves in regards to these five buckets. Beautiful. It's a, it's a, what is the value of this gift that you're giving away? Well, I've had clients pay me $1,000 to walk them through exactly what is inside those buckets as it applies to their business. So it's, you know, the framework itself is really valuable. I, I definitely, like I hear from people all the time that go through it, like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about my business in a whole new way. And it like, now it feels doable. I feel like I know what to do in regards to how to protect myself. And that's what I really love to deliver is that confidence of like, I know the next step I should take. Beautiful. That's a mm -hmm. valuable gift for those of you who are watching or listening later. Uh, Heather is sharing her framework. Get on uh, our site, dailyconference.show slash gifts, uh, forward slash gifts and download and get access to this. Uh, you don't get a thousand dollar gift for free very often. So she is graciously mm -hmm. and uh, sharing her, her gift and her resources with you. The legal aspect and legal components of your business it's very important and you you don't think it's serious and, until we get caught in it right mm -hmm. especially if your business is on a growth trajectory yes uh, and the bigger you grow you're all of a sudden you're going to find enemies you're going to find you're going to get noticed people are going to start talking and That's then right. there's going to be more eyes on you you've got to be protected Oh, please, absolutely. Please wait until you're in trouble and six months, uh, sleep on it for six months and pick up the phone and say, Heather, I need help. <laughs> yes, it's, it happens whether we want it to or not. There's so David Bear, I went to one of his weekend mastermind events and he was, we we're chatting and he's like, oh, you're in legal, you're an attorney and you support people in this space. And he laughed and he's like, you know, there's two types of entrepreneurs, those that have had major legal troubles and those that will. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, kind of a painful way of putting it. But it is true. So for example, I got a call from a woman that I just connected with not too long ago, and she hired somebody off of Fiverr to do, and they've got like, you can pay extra to have a design for commercial use, commercial purposes, which she did. But it turns out this person delivered a piece of work that looks nearly identical to something that already exists in the marketplace. She had no idea until she'd already created a whole line of clothing around it. 
and the clothing is made like it's, you know, she's selling it. It's out there. And she's now freaking out like, oh my gosh, this like, and she, because there were no terms in place, there's nothing that protects her in regards to that. Like she's now got to figure out what is she going to do with this scenario? And so there's all kinds of ways that it pops up and comes into our life. I mean, even when I launched the legal website warrior, like within a few months of launch, and I obviously hit the nail on the head, but I got a cease and desist from another attorney who fortunately didn't know what she was doing, but I had caught her attention. And for whatever reason, you know, the way that I showed up made her mad. Anyway, she had no leg to stand on, but like literally within a couple of months of starting my new business, I was dealing with that. And I mean, I got it shut down pretty quickly, but people just never know where the risk is going to come from. And that is the reality of business. But there are some basic things that you can do to get yourself protected. And so that's why I care so much about getting education to people so that they can take the right steps. Absolutely. Heather, if you had to recommend a book to our you know, viewers and listeners, what would that book be? Mm. Well, so the one I'm going to recommend it probably, I mean, I'm sitting, you should know Mustafa, like literally in an office that's overflowing with books. Um, there's so many, the, there is, if it's, if you're female, if you're female, I would want you to go read playing big by Tara Moore. She, she has a whole leadership program for women, but it, it is a mindset book, like unlike any out there, I just love it. So playing big by Tara Moore is one that I recommend generally. Um, if you are just a human that is having like normal, you know, life issues, which can pop up at times, there's a brilliant book and probably will make some people sad to read it, but it's so true. It's um, by James Hollis and it's called The Middle Passage. It's really about the personal experience of, um, you know, so much about individuation, but finding like releasing our old selves so that we can be become who we truly are. And that to me is like such a beautiful parallel with like who we can be and show up as in our business. So that's one of my all time favorites I've read. And it's a little book. It's a gem of a book. There's so much good stuff in there. Um, in regards to like other books that I'm loving right now, I have the HBR series, the Harvard Business Review series on like being more productive and work-life balance. Like that's an area where I struggle, especially as a parent in COVID doing so much and trying to figure out how do I limit my work time and balance the time that I'm required to put in right now with my family. So there's a lot, but those are three that come to mind. Beautiful. Those are amazing suggestions. Thanks you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if, if, if you had a Facebook ad that everyone on earth could see and you had a message for everybody, mm -hmm. what would your message or what would your ad say? Hmm. I mean, right now it would say tune in. And what do you mean by that? Like tune in to yourself, go inward to really like, and, and so much, I think as entrepreneurs, as parents, we can be pulled, pulled, pulled in so many directions. And I just find like the magic really happens when we slow down and tune, we go inward, tune into ourselves and spend time doing the inner work. That's what I would say right now, especially in this weird, stressful time. That's like really challenging for so many. Beautiful. Now, for those of you who are watching and listening, if they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to? Yeah, absolutely. So they can claiming their gift. 
Totally. You can go to my website. I've got a contact form there. It's just Legal Website Warrior, my brand name, legalwebsitewarrior.com. So go there. There's lots of free resources. You can, like I said, pop into my contact form. LinkedIn, I spend quite a bit of time on LinkedIn. It's a fabulous platform for people that are really serious about business. So I'm a super fan of LinkedIn and I you know, would love to connect with people there. They can just search my name, Heather Pierce Campbell. And Pierce is the unusual spelling, P-E-A-R-C-E. So I'd be really happy to connect with people there. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, so they can find me anywhere. Beautiful. Any, oh, and anything, yeah. I always forget to mention this. They can find me on my podcast, Guts, Grit, and Great Business, right? Beauty. What was the name again? Guts, Grit, and Great Business. So Guts, Grit, and Great Business. If you are listening or watching, go on Apple, Spotify, and the whole... You all know, the places podcast world you do a search it will show mm -hmm. up she has some great content in there what is that podcast about so it's really i mean the the reason i launched that podcast one i just love being in the conversation of business i think you probably know this by now like i just love business and i love talking business with people and i feel like we have an opportunity to remember that especially now midst of COVID, anytime people are having hard times and facing challenges, like whether it's the path of entrepreneurship, building a business, whether it's becoming the parent that we want to be, like it's a marathon, not a sprint. And we need to have a marathon mindset. And that is where true success comes from is having the grit to show up and keep doing the work and keep doing the work and keep doing the work. And so it's there's a lot of business stuff on there. Like for people that are really in the midst of building their business, they'll get a lot of valuable insights from all kinds of folks that have been guests that are amazing. And we go a lot into mindset and challenges and how to overcome really, really hard things and how to make decisions in the midst of tough times that really will serve us. And so it's fun. It's been a lot of fun. I love, I love my podcast. Beautiful. You and I've listened to your podcast. You do bring some amazing guests, and you guys have great messages in there. So, for those of you who are watching, listening, do look her up. Guts, oh, grit. Thank and, you. Guts, grit, and what was the last guts? Word? Yep, guts, grit, and great business. Beautiful. So, look that up and uh, mm -hmm. tune into her podcast. And um, Heather, it's like, I is there anything that you would like to mention that we haven't talked about? Um, well, just a big thank you for you, Mustafa. You're, you're amazing. I'm such a fan of what you're doing and the way that you show up to serve people. So really grateful to know you. So happy to be here. Um, you know, I would just say hang in there. That's the advice I have to give to myself pretty much on a daily basis right now. You know, lots of parents are transitioning to fall school and have a million things going on, but hang in there. You know, you got this and it's really for me over here, it's one day at a time. So <laughs> that tends to keep me going. Beautiful. Like, I feel like we could, we could continue this conversation mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of more hours. Totally. Totally. Asking follow-up questions and you're such a, such an amazing resource. Now, before I forget, there is a way that people could get access to you through your weekly um, thing. Yes. Is, that, is that still on the table or? Totally. Do you want me to share that link? Please do. Yes. It's just, it's just a free way into my list where then people get invites to my weekly Ask Me Anything live. So for people yeah. that do have questions, um, the link is just legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash ask me anything. 
Could you type it out so I could display it here? So totally. Let me put it into the chat for you. But Hello. yeah, for, that's something that I started in COVID as a way to serve people um, and help them, you know, get access to legal support and resources um, at a time when it's really hard. And lots of people, let me see, ask me anything, um, are trying to go online. So I just sent it to you in the private chat. Okay. Um, Grab it here, and I'm gonna create a banner. Uh, and here, let me yeah. see if it show up. Is it gonna show up? Yep, yeah, show. Oh, awesome! Perfect. There it is. Yeah. So, look at that fancy little scrolling banner. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So if people go there, that'll take them to a page where they'll get notified. I go live every Monday. I didn't do it yesterday because it's a holiday here, but I go live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific. Mm -hmm. and if people show up and have questions, I sit and have a chat with them and we get their questions answered. So that's been a really fun resource. Absolutely. So gang, a couple of weeks ago, I had a legal issue that I needed Heather's attention, like almost ASAP. So I jumped on mm -hmm. that call because I, I am on Heather's list. She sends that email out, uh, what you might call it. Um, Every Monday morning, I send morning, out a couple morning, reminders. Specific time. And mm -hmm. you could jump in and literally ask questions live from Heather and mm -hmm. tap into her knowledge and wisdom. She is really good at what she does, so you do not want to miss on that opportunity. Otherwise, you would have to pay a few hundred dollars per hour to get access to someone like Heather and ask questions. Heather, I really appreciate your time and your feedback and mm -hmm. uh, your expertise, and I look forward to see what the future will bring and how we can serve and support each other and our tribes and people out there. Awesome. Thank you, Mustafa. My, I mean, I as well appreciate you and really look forward. I've been so grateful to know you and appreciate you having me on today. Likewise. Now, for those of you who are watching and listening, one way that I help our tribe to build their confidence is through our course, Simple Marketing Formula. That's where we help our students develop their one-page marketing plan. And I, I, what, the way I approach confidence is by simplification. Once you simplify mm -hmm. everything, it helps you become more confident and, you, and it gives you the clarity and the focus you need to grow and scale your business and know exactly what to do to do that. So uh, we're running our course, Simple Marketing Formula. Next round is coming up on September 21st to 26th. It's a $2,000 course that we're giving away for free. You could literally, and I'm not joking when I say it's free. It's just like first name, last name, email and phone number. Heather has been giving me uh, hell of a time. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling Mustafa not to be doing this for free. I went through this course. He invited me, uh, I don't know, a month or two ago now. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can always use help with marketing, right? Marketing feels like, anyways, I, I can definitely use help with marketing. And I showed up and I was like, holy cow, Mustafa over delivers. He does a deep dive into like you see marketing, I think more clearly than maybe you've ever seen it before. And I knew bits and pieces of it. Like I've heard all the stuff, different places, but getting it all in one place, like in a framework and in an order that made sense and you see how all the pieces fit. I mean, it was very, very enlightening, Mustafa. That's a phenomenal offer. Anybody watching like should just be sprinting to that sign-in page. <laughs> I appreciate your feedback and it was great to have you. You're like, you're like one of those people that you're like one of my dream, uh, you know, students and people that I want to have in a class I could work with, like, you know, your stuff and I could connect with you. So it's amazing. Awesome. Anyway, it was super fun. So 
it's coming. It's free. Click there and join us. And uh, if you have any questions about what Heather has been uh, uh, sharing with us, leave a comment on the show or reach out to Heather. Go to dailyconference.show slash gifts to claim your free gift, which she basically gave away her, her um, boot camp, uh, mm -hmm. which she gave you education on how to cover your legal basis. And mm -hmm. if you know a friend that could benefit from this topic, tag them share a comment, share, ask a question, and, or if you share our podcast or review our podcast yes. on Apple and Spotify, mm -hmm. uh, you will get entered into the draw for the gift that we're going to be sharing. And if you listen to Heather's um, podcast, give her a five-star rating, and then we'll take it from there. Awesome. Thank you, Mustafa. Thank you. Have a great, great day. And we'll see you guys in our next show. Sounds Bye great. Now.